Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show tonight. I'm so glad you chose to join us. I think we're going to have a delightful conversation. The topic tonight is We Consciousness, 33 Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace. And our guest tonight is Karen Noe. We're going to bring Karen on in just a minute, but um, if you tuned in last week, uh, you might have noticed we had... uh, Daryl Anka on, and and we've had quite a few channelers on in the past, and so I want to talk just a little bit about the notion of channeling before we get started. I, um, it, it, it's a curious thing because so many of us live in such a, a cut and dried three dimensional world where everything is black and white, so to speak, and the the understanding that we were taught of how things are might be the um, our existing belief system, and then with the evolution of consciousness, with the evolution of human consciousness, a deeper understanding um, is it's kind of like a yearning of our soul, if you will, for a. For us, as we evolve our consciousness, as individuals and the collective, to have a deeper understanding of the truth, the truth with a capital T. And this notion of channeling is, um, I think, a a very profound um, opportunity for us to learn about aspects of our life that we might not be able to perceive. The idea of channeling where a human being, through their consciousness, through their intention, connects with a non-physical persona, a non-physical uh, soul or spirit, and then conveys information through themselves as a channel, thus the name channel, to convey information. So when we look at when we look at ourselves as an individual, I am here, you are there, and this conversation is going on, it's important that we always discern for ourselves what we believe, what we ingest, if you will, as far as knowledge or understanding. Um, the, the, The principle of channeling doesn't have any regulator to it, doesn't have any discernment, if you will. Somebody could channel a persona that is um, what you would call negative or um, evil or malicious or whatever. The, the, it's like a telephone. The telephone doesn't care what the conversation is. It doesn't care what the language is. It doesn't care what the topic is. And so when we look at I guess what I'm getting at here is whether it, whether you're reading a book or you're listening to a channel or you're ingesting information from any source, to have your own personal sovereignty, to have your own personal measuring stick, if you will, to decide for yourself what you're going to believe in and what you're not. It, the reason I say this is authenticity. If you if you read a book and take their belief systems without really weighing them against your own heart, and you just take them full on and 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 put them on like like clothing, you're not really being authentic to yourself. And at some point in the future, that incongruency is going to have to come out if as your own consciousness evolves. Now. When I have guests on the show, I always try to do my very best to look for guests that have that have the good stuff, that have the the language and the power in in the in the words. Can I think tonight we're in for a real treat in that arena? 
So as we go into this episode, um, I think you're going to find it a very powerful story, a very powerful message that um, that Karen brings to to the earth as she fulfills her own life purpose. So without further ado, let's get to it. Our guest tonight, Karen Noe, is an internationally renowned psychic medium for the past two decades. And her, her client waiting list is like two years long. And Karen's a deep admirer of Dr. Wayne Dyer, a man whose teachings truly transform her life. She followed his wisdom to always ask, how may I serve? So that she could be a force for peace and love in the world. Like much of the planet, she was profoundly saddened when Dr. Wayne Dyer left the physical plane on August 30th, 2015. And the story goes from there, and I think it'll be better to hear it from her straight on. So um, without further ado, let's bring Karen on the show. Welcome to the show, Karen. Oh, hi. Thank you so much for having me on. You know, we were talking before the show started, and uh, you were sharing um, um, the story of of how you had a, a synchronistic uh, connection with the uh, with the Wayne Dyer family. Do you want to share with our audience yeah. uh, that story with us now? Oh, sure, sure. So I didn't know Wayne Dyer personally. Uh, I am a fellow Hay House author. He's a Hay House author, the publisher. And I did go to his events. You know, I, I read his books and so forth, but I didn't know him personally. Um, after a few months before he passed, I also have a radio show called The Angel Quest Show. And I had his daughter, Serena Dyer, on my show to talk about her book, uh, Don't Die With Your Music Still In You. And the reason why I'm sharing that is after Dyer, Dr. Dyer passed, I wanted to do something for the family, and I wasn't sure what to do. But I had Serena's contact information from that. So I emailed her, and I said, you know, dear Serena, I'm so sorry to hear about your dad. Please know that he truly is okay and would want you to be too. Ask him to come to you in a dream and to wake you up after the dream. Ask him to give you a sign and to let you, to let you know that he's with you. Because, you know, before I go on to tell you about what else I said in the letter, I try to empower people to do what I do. I don't want them to rely on me. Okay, that's the most important thing. So I, I told her what to do, and I said I would love to send a copy of my book, Your Life After Their Death, you know, to you, because I know it would help you. Because in that book, I talk about everything from, you know, energy techniques, how to heal grief, to how to connect with your deceased loved ones, how to look for signs, you know, and so forth. So in any case, I, I emailed that to her, and very, maybe about five minutes later, I received a response from her that she said she would definitely uh, want a copy of my book. So I sent it to her. Now, three days later, I was scheduled to speak in Orlando, Florida, uh, Life After Death, um, with my publisher, for my publisher, Hay House. And a day before that event, they were going to do a tribute to Wayne Dyer. So I went a day early to go to this event. Are you following so far? I don't want to talk too much. I want to make sure you're still listening. Okay. So so what happened was they had a bus uh, going from the hotel room over to the conference center for the Hay House authors and for Wayne Dyer's family. So I was sitting on the bus, and there was only one seat available on that whole bus. And in walks Serena Dyer, his daughter, and she sits down next to me. And the first thing I say is, Serena, I'm so sorry about your dad. My name's Karen Noe. And she said, oh, Karen, I just got your book today. I said, oh, my gosh, I hope it helps you immensely. You know, make sure to ask him to give you a sign to let you know that he's with you. Have you received any signs? Have you received any, you know, had any dreams? And she said, no, but she told me that her sister had a very, oh, a profound dream uh, that Wayne came to her 
and talked to her, and she said, this was Sage, her sister, and she felt, she hugged her dad in the dream, and she said she felt his hairy arms. <laughs> so I said, oh, right. that's definitely, that's, that's a true visitation, because if you could feel him, and I was trying to explain, you know, the difference between a, a dream from your subconscious and a true visitation. I said, no, that's a true visitation. That's amazing. You know, just be on the lookout for more of that type of thing. That was pretty much it at that time. So I went over to the conference center and they had the tribute. <clears throat> and then right after that, um, I'm walking back to the bus, but as I'm walking to the bus in my mind, I'm saying, I am so insignificant. I don't deserve to be on that bus. My favorite authors are on that bus. Wayne Dyer's family, here he is, you know, my favorite author and so forth. And I'm saying to myself, I'm insignificant. I'm not going on the bus. I'm walking back to the hotel. So as I'm walking back to the hotel room, I'm saying this in my mind. That's when I, and let me, before I say this, I am a psychic medium, if I didn't mention that before. So I do receive messages from those who pass. But as I'm walking to the hotel room, uh, I hear Wayne for the first time, and he yelled at me pretty much, and he said, get out of your own way. Get out of your own way. And I said, Wayne? I said, if that's you, you have to give me a without a doubt sign to let me know that it's you. And I continued to walk. And as I'm walking, I said, how may I serve? And he said, you're already serving. And I said, fine, how may I serve more? I went into the hotel room. And as I got into the hotel room, there was something very itchy inside of my shirt. And there was a sticker that had somehow attached itself to the inside of my shirt. So I reached in to grab it. And when I looked at it, I knew without a doubt it hadn't been there before because on the bottom of it, it said Disney. I had not been to Disney. But the sticker itself in huge letters said W-E. You know where this is going, right? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Okay. Keep going. So I thought. I thought it meant Wayne, first letter, last letter of his name, because oftentimes when I receive messages from those who passed, you know, they give me their name or first letter, last letter, and I was just, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then he came into the room and he laughed and he said, is that good enough? I said, that's amazing. Thank you so much. I just started to cry. Long story short, I went home, and eventually uh, the dyers contacted me from Florida and three of his children, as well as his wife, made an appointment to come to see me in New Jersey. And um, because I'm booked so far ahead of time, I had to actually ask people if they'd be willing to move their appointments. Somebody was very nice and allowed <laughs> me to get them in. It was like maybe two months after, after they asked for an appointment. In any case, I'm going to, as I'm going to the appointment that day, a car cuts me off. And on the license plate, it said Dyer, D-Y-E-R, one on it. So I knew without a doubt he was going to be coming through that day. And uh, when I was, you know, giving the appointment, finally they came, and he gave each of them the messages <clears throat> that they were asking him to give, things that I would never have known. And one, for example, uh, Serena, the one I, I met on the bus, She's, uh, she had just given birth to her daughter, Sailor, but Wayne said to her that she was pregnant, and she said, no, I'm not. I said, okay, but that's what, Wayne, that's what your dad's saying, and make a long story. And he said, fireworks, fireworks. She's pregnant, fireworks. So she went home that day, and she took a pregnancy test, and she was pregnant, and she was due on the 4th of July. <laughs> so... Uh, I could go on and on for the next two years after that, you know, he would come through, he has eight children and a wife, and he would tell me to call, you know, pretty much one of them, I, I, I talked to at least one or two of them three or four times a week during that time. Um, it was always at a very specific time, you know, like, for example, when Serena was ready to give birth, <laughs> put her on the phone, or there was another time when um, his oldest daughter, uh, Tracy, uh, 6 a.m. in the 6 o'clock in the morning, he tells me to call Tracy. And I said, I don't think so. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. He said, call her now. I said, ugh, <laughs> I don't 
there now. I said, oh. So I got my phone and I texted her. And I said, Tracy, I am so sorry, but your dad is telling me to call you now. Is it okay? And she responded very quickly. She said, she said yes, exclamation, exclamation. So when I called her, I said, before you say anything, this is his message to you, before you tell me anything. He's telling me to tell you that, yes, he can hear you, but you cannot hear him. I said, what does that mean? And she started to cry. She said she just had a dream of her dad. It was very realistic. And she said, in the dream, she was yelling at her dad, can't you hear me? Can't you hear me? And his message was, yes, I could hear you, but you can't hear me. So those were the types of messages that, that he um, was giving to his family. Wow. So Yeah. So fast forward to the here and now. No, wait, this now. Wait, yes. here's one more now. Yes. Well, now we can look at the, the topic of the show. We, and yes. there's the yes. WE that you talk of, we consciousness. Mm-hmm. 33 Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace. How did, how did it go from you meeting Wayne Dyer um, on the other side, if you will, to this we consciousness? Okay, so what had happened right after I scheduled the appointment for his family, my first reaction was, oh, no. And I know, I've been doing this for many years. I mean, I've been giving readings. Obviously, I'm doing it right because I wouldn't be booked for two years ahead of time. But I never gave a reading for Wayne Dyer and his family. So I started to yell at Wayne Dyer. And I said, what would you get me into? You better come through. And he immediately, I went out for a walk with my dog, Duke. It seems like whenever I go out for a walk, you know, in nature is when I received the most profound messages. But I said, you know, please come, you know, and he came through, and he was so excited to talk about the afterlife. And he was so excited to talk about the we consciousness, which I'm going to tell you in a moment, which is the interconnectivity of everyone and everything and whatever one does to oneself or another, how it affects the whole. But he was telling me that he was going to be joining forces with a group consciousness called the We Guides, which included ascended masters, angels, and himself. And when they came together as the group consciousness, it would be hard to differentiate him from the rest of them. And they were going to be giving me 33 truths to uh, raise the vibration of the planet at this very important time. And I think what he did was he came through very clearly for his family with these messages to prove that it was really him, you know, right. so that we knew without a yeah. doubt it was him. And then he, um, he said for the, this was, and he would continue to come through just for his family, not just as the we guys. But he said that this was his mission now is to spread the message of the we consciousness you know, uh, to understand that, you know, all of these truths and so forth. Wow. Well, very nice. Well, the certainly humanity is at a, a upheaval of consciousness, to put it mildly. I mean, we're going through so much change. And uh, I find it curious that Wayne Dyer spent so much of his life um, – writing books and and conveying uh, information for humanity to help them evolve, to help them grow in their own consciousness. And then, and then on, he transitions, and on the other side, he, he joins up with this we consciousness, and still he has this, um, what should I say, unbridled compassion for humanity. Yes, his mission, right? So... That was his uh, his purpose in life, and even after he left his physical body. So, and he was just so so. I can't even tell you so excited to talk about the afterlife. And it's true. It's true. He just kept going on, and yeah. But he used to say, "I am." You know, for those who follow uh, Wayne Dyer, he used to say, "If you say I am, and whatever you say after that, you can make it. You can manifest it. I am." healthy, I am whatever, abundant, right. et cetera. 
But he said to say from this point on, we are, because it's not just me. It's not, it, by saying I am, it means that you are not. And that's not true. We're all one. He was so excited to understand that because in the physical body, it feels that you are over there and I'm over here. We, cannot, we can understand it uh, conceptually, but you, he understood it. Uh, in fact, he, he was understanding it. What's the word I'm looking for? But he, he got it. Because he, right. once he left the physical body, he felt that oneness, right? He felt yeah. it, and he felt the, in, the connection with everyone and everything and understood it's not just one person, it's not individuals, that we truly are connect, connected. Well, and, and uh, so often in the physical plane, I mean, like, uh, like Wayne's daughter saying, um, can you hear me? Because I can't hear you. Yeah. So often in yes. the physical plane... We don't understand what kind of impact we have, and um, when somebody gains that perspective, like uh, perhaps Wayne is doing, and he's saying, instead of saying "I am this," say "We are." Um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's through our human consciousness. Um, I find that I mean this show is about human consciousness, and. It's quite clear there's not going to be any um, glowing orbs, glowing deities descending from the heavens, waving magical wands, making all our suffering just vaporize in the moment. It's going to be through human beings, flesh and bones. You have to have, you have to have a body. But in, when you're in body, and this this is the message Wayne is conveying, that when you're in body, and then you set. Um, you speak your words with intention that you indeed influence the we, the collective consciousness. Absolutely, yes. So tell us more about um, uh, we consciousness. I mean, they've laid out 33 profound truths. Um, Yes. Can you give us some context to that? Sure. So the first thing, the most important, what is a we consciousness? It's an awareness of the unity of everyone and everything, and that includes animals and nature. It includes our divinity, that God is within all of us. You know, compassion for all of life and whatever one, a person does to oneself or another really affects the whole. And if you could fully grasp these truths, you'd be able to create miracles in your life and in the world. And when I asked why 33, uh, I was told that 33 symbolizes divine guidance and the spiritual uplifting of all of creation. So um, the fact is they're very simple concepts, and most of us know these already. Um, but I guess that he just wants everyone to really grasp and understand them and practice these truths as well. Um, because what he was also talking about is after you pass, and I've heard this many times as a medium, after we leave the physical body, we go through a life review where we're able to see and feel how we've affected each person through their eyes as if we are the other person, right? And the, the reason why we can do that is because we are the other person, right? So we could see right. and feel that if we were not so good, you know, if we should have forgiven somebody or if we should have asked forgiveness, if we should have treated ourselves with the respect that we deserved, told someone how much we loved them when we were still in the physical body, they're able to see all that. So I tell everyone in the body, everyone who's listening right now, don't wait until it's too late to try to see how you're affecting each person. You know, try to see through their eyes now. Uh, treat them with the respect that they deserve. Treat yourself with the respect that you deserve. Ask forgiveness. Uh, forgive those who hurt you because when you forgive, as Wayne Dyer said, it's not the snake bite that kills you. It's the venom that's left behind. So when you understand all of this, you know, from the spiritual side, they're giving us this information. We could live a better life here and now. Well, in the... And I think part of uh, uh, the message behind the message, so to speak, I mean, you were talking about how some of these principles are are fairly common, but mm-hmm. w- when we don't um, uh, perhaps 
believe it wholeheartedly or um, um, we don't understand the the direct impact of it, if you will, and it's like, okay, okay, if I, if I, with we consciousness, I bless the trees and I bless the grass and, you know, but I really don't <laughs> Not just, see anything yeah. changing, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't see anything changing with my 3D uh, eyes and my <laughs> and my ego. Uh, it seems yeah. like he's conveying to us, don't don't let that be the measuring stick, you know. Well, what he was all, you know, what they were saying, the guys and all, you know, we need to focus on blessings in our life. We need to ch- shift our focus from, from what is wrong in the world to instead of focusing on the problems, we have to focus on solutions, focus on the many blessings in our lives. You know, shifting our focus will raise our vibration and create more blessings in our lives because we're vibrational beings and whatever we're focusing upon and feeling we're creating more of that in our lives and in the world. And if, you know, people may not understand that or get it, but I tell them, try it and you'll see what I mean. When you shift your focus to what you want instead of what you don't want, everything changes. And Wayne said it when he was in the physical body, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. This is just a different way of saying that. But truly, if we want to uplift the planet and raise the vibration of the planet, we can keep focusing on what's wrong. We can keep posting right. on Facebook all the negative things that are going on in the world because that's just going to give it more power. Everything is a vibration, right? So we need to focus on solutions, focus on all the great things that are happening on the planet, there are great things happening. There is a shift in consciousness. And the more you do that, the more that expands and the more our awareness expands. And it just, let's face it, it just feels better when you do this type of thing. I'm not saying to bury your head in the sand, you know? Sure. But in the, in the we consciousness, I share a story. Um, there was a wonderful a, a gentleman named T.D. Jakes, and I hope I do his story justice, but I share this in the book. He talked about the giraffe and the turtle, that the giraffe, you know, only sees high up in the trees and what's going on over there. He really doesn't see what the turtle sees. The turtle only sees what's going on on the ground. Now, to judge the turtle from his perspective is wrong because that's all he sees. But to judge the giraffe, what he's saying is also wrong, right? But if the giraffe lowers his head to try to figure out what's going on with the turtle, he could actually kill himself because the blood will rush to his head and he could harm himself. And so it is with us. If we're trying to figure out what's wrong and what's going on and so forth, we're going to harm ourselves. We want to raise the vibration of the planet slowly but surely, we can force them to look up high in the trees if, if their um, focus is down there. But we could show them what it's like, right? And then we could raise the vibration of the planet. We don't want to lower our perspective. We want to raise theirs at their, you know, when they're ready and so forth. Oh, sure. Well, the whole, I mean, you mentioned before the, the how Wayne Dyer would say, I am, and then insert some some feature, I am this, I am that. If you go to a, it seems like if you go to a rally to protest and you say, you know, war is terrible and and you're, you're taking the same words, it's like saying I am. You're declaring yeah. a truth, if you will, with, with the power of your consciousness. And I think that's ultimately what he's trying to convey is, um, our our words count. Our words matter. Our intentions matter. And so don't you know, like we've been saying, don't focus. Go into a rally to protest. Is that literally supporting that thing yes. in in reality, so to speak? Because our consciousness is reinforcing that it exists. Exactly. It says uh, Mother Teresa said they asked her to go to a march against the war she said no but if you have a a march for peace i will be there and that's the same thing if we really want to make a difference we should have an event for peace raise the vibration don't get these angry people screaming what's wrong and and so forth exactly what you said perfectly said so 
All right. Well, let's take a let's take a big step back at your life. Mm-hmm. And why are we okay. doing this? You might ask. <laughs> so, um, when we had <laughs> talked earlier today, um, you shared with me um, a, a little bit about how you became a, a psychic medium and how when when the notion of it first came around in your life. That it mm-hmm. it didn't um, you weren't that excited about it. It was kind of a new tension. <laughs> I don't want to put words in your mouth, but the reason <laughs> I ask this, the reason I ask yeah. this is because our listeners might uh, we're in such a upheaval of consciousness that people uh, in the audience might be having inspiration from their own self, from their own soul that's telling them to take a new tangent, and they might not be so sure about it. I mean, we always have free will, but can you just share that story with our audience? Oh, sure. Sure. First, before I begin the story, I I do want to say that I believe that my purpose on Earth is not to teach people what Karen Noe can do. My purpose is to empower people to do the exact same thing that I can do, because I know we can all do what I do. And that's what my purpose is. But, yes, I will begin. What happened was about 20-something years ago, I was going through a difficult time in my life. And I sat at the edge of my bed, and I just yelled at God. And I said, am I going to be okay? Give me a sign. I was yelling at God. It seems whenever I yell (laughs) at the angels, at God, (laughs) that's when I receive my messages. It's true. So well, Wayne Dyer was I yelling think, at you, so it must work. Yeah, that's true. I think, uh, I'm not quite sure. I'm trying to figure out why that works, but I guess that's when you need them the most, right? Or, I don't know. Yeah. So I'm yelling. I said, give me a sign. Let me know if I'm, okay, if I'm going to be okay. And with that, I saw a light, uh, like an orb, coming towards me from the other side of the room. And my first response was, if you're not of God, please leave. But the more I said that, the more it kept coming towards me and eventually enveloped me. And at that time, I just felt like everything was washed away. In my, you know, everything that was going wrong in my life was washed away. And I, at that time, I heard an audible voice. Now when I receive messages, they come as telepathic messages. But at that time, I heard an audible voice that said, Lucha Lucina, Bella Lucha Lucina. And for those Italian listeners, they may know what that means. It means light, little light, beautiful little light. And I've since learned it was St. Francis of Assisi. So now you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> After that experience, I started, uh, he's been with me, protecting me, guiding me. And if you follow me on Facebook, Red, have read any of my books, I've written five of them, you will see the St. Francis connection, and it's always about peace. So it's no wonder that my vibration was, uh, you know, they were focused, you know, the we guys, they're also focusing on peace too. So it's like you're a channel. You're, you're right. a vibration that's reaching out, and anything of similar vibration will be attracted to you. In any case, right after that experience, I started receiving messages from the angels and deceased loved ones. And I didn't want to share the information because I didn't want people to think I was not in my right mind. I was very quiet. I was very shy. People who knew me beforehand and they come to my classes, they cannot believe that it's, I'm the same person. The reason I can share this, it's not about me. It's how may I serve? How may I help? You know, and that's different, and that's where why I'm not shy anymore. But what happened was I eventually gave in, and I started practicing Reiki, energy healing, in the back of a hair salon. <laughs> and as I did that, every time I did Reiki on someone, I started to receive messages from their loved ones. And word spread, and eventually <clears throat> she told a few people, and then they told a few people, Eventually, I was booked a couple of months ahead of time, years ahead of time, and now I can't even take new clients because, you know, I I can't. I don't know what I'll be doing 10 years from now, so I had to stop. But I did not want to do this. I'll be honest with you, but I saw the peace that it brought. I'll tell you, one of the first uh, messages I ever got, I was, you know, I wanted to make sure I was really doing this. Am I making it up? Is that my mind playing tricks on me and so forth? 
but I was uh, working on a woman and uh, doing Reiki on her, and a gentleman was trying to come through. And I can't remember. I think his name was Robert, and he said he died in a car accident, something like that. And I didn't share it. It's in my mind. You know, I'm just doing Reiki. But then he showed me a kangaroo <laughs> boxing the air with boxing gloves on, a kangaroo. I said, what the heck? And he just kept saying, tell her I'm here. Tell her I'm here, Robert. And he's showing me a kangaroo with boxing gloves. So finally I gave in and I said, listen, I, I, I'm not sure what this means, but there's someone here who said his name is Robert. He died in a car accident. Her eyes are getting bigger. And I said, but he's showing me a kangaroo with boxing gloves on. And she jumped off the table and she screamed. She said, that's my best friend, Robert. He, you know, he died in a car accident, but he boxed kangaroos in Australia. I said, oh, my God, even I was like, oh, really? <laughs> and that's when, that's when I knew, okay, I'm really getting these messages. I'm just, it's not just my mind playing tricks. And then, you know, like I said, word spread. And uh, I right. see how it helps people. Sure. Well, it, um, so you, you talk about uh, the process and how, how we can all do it. Um, yeah. How, what tips would you give people if they wanted to um, engage that possibility and to, to hone their own ability to do that? That's a wonderful question because this is the most important thing. We all can do this. We just have to understand there's a few things. Um, first of all, you need to quiet your thoughts at least five minutes a day to meditate. And if you can't meditate, focus on your breath, go for a walk. Because what happens is they often come to us as thoughts telepathically. You know, we're expecting to hear a voice. We're expecting to see an apparition of what they looked like. But they don't have a physical body. They're spirit now. So how they're speaking to us is thought to thought, right? So if they're coming as thoughts and our thoughts are going a mile a minute, we can't hear them. So we have to make sure to take the time. Every morning before I do appointments, I meditate. And it's not during the time of meditation that I receive the messages because then it wouldn't be meditating, you know. So I meditate right. with the intention of receiving messages later on in the day. It's like putting gas in the car so that you could drive your car later on. It's the same thing with meditating. That's the first thing. If you feel like you can't meditate and you still think you can't receive messages, and even though what you want to do is focus on whenever you're thinking of your loved one, um, how do you tell if it's your thought or theirs? Because it's, so, it, it's coming as your thought. How can you tell it's your thought or theirs? Everybody asks me. Your thought will have an originating, uh, like in other words, you'll see a picture that triggered a thought, that triggered a thought, that triggered a thought. That's you. When your loved one comes, they just pop in your head for no reason. For example, when my mom passed, a thought popped in my head, hi, sweetheart. I don't call myself sweetheart, right? So when that kind of thought, you know this is how they're coming, the more they're able to understand, they know that they're reaching you, the more they will come to you. But if you're not receiving messages that way and you don't trust yourself, this is the most common way to do it. Ask them to give you a without a doubt sign to let you know that they're with you. And when I say without a doubt, it's something that normally wouldn't happen. You know, so things that wouldn't happen. For example, they like to come through as animals, whether it be a bird, a ladybug, a butterfly, to let us know they're with us. But the animal would do something that it normally wouldn't do. And let me also say they're not always a bird a butterfly, a dragonfly, they're able to right. use their energy to go inside of the animal, right? So what they could do is they, they usually, however they were in the physical body, if they were loud, they'll still be loud after they leave the physical body. I'll give you an example in one moment. Um, if they were quiet, they're still quiet. If they were funny, they're still funny. So, for example, I'll give you an example of someone coming as an animal. My friend Marion was very loud and very sarcastic. She played practical jokes on people all the time, but she passed. After she passed, I wrote her a letter, 
And in the letter, you know, I told her how much, uh, there's a reason why, and I would tell everyone that's listening to write a letter to their deceased loved ones. And that's what I did. I said to her how much I appreciated her and all the good things she did in her life. But at the end of the letter, and I would tell our listeners to do the same thing, I said to her, give me a without a doubt sign to let me know that you're aware of what I just wrote to you. Two days later, I was walking down my steps to put letters in my mailbox, and in my driveway was a bird screeching at the top of its lungs, screaming. What? (laughs) Like screaming. (laughs) I knew (laughs) it was Marion. So I said, oh, my God, Marion, and I'm crying, and I'm looking at Marion. The bird followed me to the mailbox. Birds don't follow you. The bird right. followed me to the mailbox, flew to the mailbox, looked in my eyes, and screamed at me. And I'm crying. I said, Marion, I love you. I'm so glad you're here. I love you. I turn around, and I see my neighbor looking at me. I think she thought I lost my mind. <laughs> but I didn't care. And... I just I had my cell phone in my pocket and I told my son I called my son who was in the house. I said, Come outside, Marion's here and he said, Huh? I said, Just come outside and he came outside and he witnessed the, the whole thing. Now, two days later, a mutual friend of ours, uh, of Marion and myself, called me and she said, Karen, you're not gonna believe what Marion did and I said, I'll tell you what she did to me. What did she do to you? She said, Karen, I just painted my kitchen. I opened the sliding glass door. A bird flew in my kitchen, pooped all over my walls, flew (laughs) out the door, and she yelled, thanks, Marion. See, because she knew. I always talked about without a doubt signs with my friends. We knew it was Marion. So this is what I'm telling everybody to do. Ask them to give you a without-a-doubt sign. These types of things don't normally happen. That's just one right. without-a-doubt sign. I, you know, I could go on and on. They like to come give off fragrances, whether it be perfume or cigar smoke for no reason. They, they sure. make songs come on at the perfect time, you know, things like that. They, they leave pennies in our path. They play with electricity. I could go on and on. But ask for a without-a-doubt sign, and then it's important to be patient and wait, and then the signs will come when you least expect it. And one more right. thing. I would ask them to come in a dream and wake you up after the dream so that you remember it. Yeah, well, You will know, you know without a doubt. Yeah. You talk about a dream. Um, my, my mother passed, and uh, this is decades ago. And uh, I, was a young, I was a young father, and... Uh, it really kind of clobbered me, and uh, it was probably about two weeks after her passing, and I wasn't really getting back on my feet. I was just overcome with sorrow, and uh, I had a dream, and in the dream, we're all gathered around my mom, and I'm I'm right by her side, and I have my hand on her leg, and uh, she picks up my hand, and she had... Uh, she, in her elder years, she had really waxy kind of hands. And she picked mm-hmm. up my hands, mm-hmm. and I could feel that, that her skin. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's... And she picked up yeah. and squoze my hand. And when she put it back down, she put it back down on my leg to say, you know, you need to get on with your life. Oh, I'm my okay. gosh. And, and yes. earlier in this conversation, you talked about... Um, when there's a feeling, because um, you were sharing in a previous story tonight about the feeling aspect to discern whether it's a visitation or a dream. Yes, there uh, is a big difference. You know, some people, there's some dreams of subconscious, of your deceased loved one. There are dreams from your subconscious and a dream, a true visitation, and there is a difference. Uh, a dream from your subconscious would be something that you're trying to reconcile. Uh, for example, uh, 
somebody's mad at you, your deceased loved one's angry at you, or you dream of them in a casket. That is not them. That's your subconscious trying to resolve any issues you have between them. A true visitation would be just like you said. You could actually feel her hand, your mom's hand. Sage Dyer was able to feel his hairy arms. You know, you could actually, you know, you wake up and you know they were there. There's no question about it. And you feel wonderful. Didn't you feel wonderful after that? Oh, my. Yeah, that was that was the turning point in me dealing with it all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean yeah. I'm sure she, she, she looked at her because I'm the youngest and she always liked me best. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> and. But she looked at me, and you know, I I need uh, I need to get on with my life, and I wasn't doing that. And I think mm-hmm. it was her love for me where she came to me and said, "Look, I'm fine. I'm just fine. Yes. You need to you need to you know um, get back on your feet and and stand up and live life again." Absolutely, that's beautiful, and it helped you. I know it did, and, you know, I've heard from my clients and friends, you know, how much having a dream like that helps them. So what we need to do is, if they're not coming to you in a dream, is to ask them, come to me in a dream and wake me up after the dream so I remember it. I, I could give you another story. I love these stories, if, if, if I'm, it's okay, about a dream. Sure, we have, uh, we have about seven minutes, so go ahead. I'll make it quick. Um, my own mom, after oh, she passed, she, she, um, she always she was a very giving person. Let's just say, uh, a week before a week before she passed, she it was Christmas time, and we were all around her bed in hospice, and she was in a in and out of coma, and she woke up and she looked at me and she said, Karen, I'm so sorry I wasn't able to get you a Christmas present. I said, Mom, don't worry about it. It's okay said, no, 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 I want to give you, you know, I want to do something. So she looks, she counts how many people are in the room, and it was seven. And she says to me, Karen, could I have seven singles, seven dollars? I said, uh, I don't have seven dollars, but I asked around, and I finally got seven dollars. And she said, thank you. And she said, here's one for you, one for you, one for you. And she was going around giving everybody a dollar. And she looked into my eyes and she said, Karen, uh, don't you worry. I'm going to pay you back. I'm going to pay you back. And I said, you don't have to pay me back, Mom. But she said, I want to. Anyway, she passed on January 3rd. And right after that, after her funeral and so forth, I went to work. And the first thing, I opened my door and there was a dollar bill on the floor. And I picked it up. And I said, oh, I'm dropping money. So I put it in my pocket. I went into the waiting room, and there was a dollar bill in the waiting room. I said, I'm really dropping money, or somebody's losing money. And I picked it up. At the end of the day, I went back to my car. There was another dollar bill. And that's when I heard my mom say, hi, sweetheart. And again, it's telepathically. I don't say to myself, hi, sweetheart. Hi, sweetheart, I told you I would pay you back. And I just started to cry. I said, you didn't have to, Mom, but I'm glad you did. I, I love when you give me signs. And she's been giving me signs all over the place. A mutual, a friend of mine uh, did a shadow box. And in the shadow box, she, she said she didn't know why, but she had to put a dollar bill in it. And then I told her right. the story. And uh, it was incredible. So right. please, we, uh, listeners, we, we could do this. We ask our loved ones to, to give us signs. And they are giving us signs all the time. But it's important to be patient and wait. And, again, these types of signs are called without a doubt. They usually happen, things that normally don't happen. Well, now, you've been doing this for a while. And um, I I think there's some um, perhaps common or mainstream traits in our human nature that don't serve us. And maybe we're always in a hurry and we don't slow down. I don't want to see the answer. But over the years, when you hear loved ones talking to the people that have been left behind, so to speak, still in physical form, what are some of the most common messages that have come back from the other side? 
I should have, could have, would have. It's always that life review type of thing. I should have told you how much I loved you more, and now it's too late. I could have, you know, I should have forgiven you. I should have asked forgiveness, uh, that type of thing. And uh, that's why one of my books that I've written was Through the Eyes of Another. Try to see through the other person's eyes now. Don't wait, because that's one of the most common, you know, messages that do come through. You know, they often give, they always give names of, you know, their pets when they were little or something that you know without a doubt it was them or an event that happened or so forth. Um, but the most common are those types of messages. Right. So, um, well, let's shift the focus on you and, and um, can you share with our audience um, um, the services that you care to share and tell us about your books and everything about your platform and how they can um, get a copy and whatnot? Oh, sure, sure. First of all, they could go to my website at com. That's K-A-R-E-N-N-O-E.com. And I've written a number of books, uh, Your Life After Their Death, Through the Eyes of Another, We Consciousness, uh, Rainbow Follows the Storm, and so forth. They could get them on Amazon and any major bookstore and so forth. I do teach classes at my center, and I am traveling. I'll be speaking at Omega uh, in Rhinebeck, New York in October and at, in Virginia Beach in um, November and around the country. So if you check out my website, you could see you know, where I'll be. And I have a radio show the first Saturday of every month called the Angel Quest Show. And you could download past shows. It's an online radio station. It's HudsonRiverRadio.com. So you could get all that on my website and, uh, you know, whatever interests you. We talk about near-death experiences and, you know, how to meditate and how to connect with angels and so forth. So definitely check that out as well. Nice. Well, uh, um so do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to share with us? Yes. I want people to understand that they are spiritual beings having a human experience. It's not the other way around. To understand that whatever we focus upon grows. To understand that it's important to focus on blessings and solutions, as we were saying before, because we can make a difference in this world. Each one of us, if we raise the vibration of ourselves, we raise the vibration of the planet and understand whatever we do to oneself or another, it does affect the whole because we are all one. Well, very nice. Um, Karen, I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. It's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Oh, thank you. It's been truly my pleasure. We've been talking with Karen Noe, and the topic tonight has been We Consciousness. 33 Profound Truths for Inner and Outer Peace. You know, it's uh, like like she just said, um, we're a spiritual being having a human experience. And so often we can kind of get caught up in our minds, caught up in the, in the mental momentum, if you will, where we have these recurrent, um, repetitive thoughts and um, beliefs about ourselves, perhaps I'm not worthy, perhaps I'm not doing the right thing. I mean, it's very common for humans to kind of second-guess themselves. But I want to go back to what, what Karen said about, I, I know it sounds simple, but I think there's a really powerful concept behind it, the idea of we're a spirit, we're a soul personified in human form. We're not a human form that is the spirit, it's the other way around. So in our conversation tonight and, and what Wayne Dyer was sharing through through Karen was our consciousness is part of the collective consciousness. And when you look at the storyline that's playing out in the collective, don't discount yourself. Don't discount you yourself as a as a powerful point of presence, if you will, as a soul personification, if you will, to influence the collective consciousness of humanity. In fact, it's it's going to be. That's the only mechanism there is 
that human beings like you, like me, human beings choose to get the wherewithal to dream, to vision, to inspire themselves a notion of what the future of our human story could look like. You, as a point of presence, can be the seed that creates a new paradigm, a new story, a new inspiration that starts with you, and and you become a, a conduit, if you will, for that that higher consciousness, that higher knowingness that we all have. When you trust the reason why you're here, well, what I'm talking about is getting out of your head a little bit and understanding that. I mean, how many times do people look at their life path and they go, well, well, look at that train wreck. I mean, for myself, I can point at several train wrecks in my past. And I could say, well, certainly I'm not here to do anything very powerful because look at my life. It's a flipping mess. But wait, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa. Time out. I suggest you that really powerful souls come to this plane, come to this physical plane, and when they when they go to incarnate, their soul chooses train wrecks. <laughs> oh, my soul loves me so much. No, I'm that, that was a little off. But the reason is, um, I think there's a couple of reasons to it. I think uh, train wrecks wake you up at a much deeper level. And when I talk about train wrecks, I'm talking about difficult situations in our life. Um, difficult paradigms in our life. But another thing train wrecks do is to give you some skin in the game. If if you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth and you've never had to overcome anything, who are you to stand in front of others and say, I know what it feels like? Because you don't. Train wrecks are, in in other words, the challenges, the difficulties that we experience give us an understanding of the mechanics of what it means to be human. Uh, a lot of times the the train wreck is something our soul intentionally chose for us to go through to give us a gift that we can turn around and share with others. So I suggest you, no matter what your life looks like or what your life has been in the past, break that rearview mirror off and pitch it out the window. You're not going that way. Understand that your life purpose, your life purpose, no matter what that looks like, your life purpose is a, a doorway to nirvana, so to speak. And what I mean by that is when you honor the reason why you're here, and sometimes it's not always obvious to our ego, but when you realize why you're here, and then you honor that, there's a there's a much deeper sense of satisfaction than anything your ego can conjure up. In other words, your soul had an intention for this life, and then when your ego figures it out, gets over any kind of fear, and then actually starts doing it, the, the satisfaction comes from deep within you. Uh, for example, myself in writing books. Oh, my God. Had you asked me when I was 35 if I was going to write books, I would have said, are you kidding me? I'm a, I'm a small-town kid from Utah. Nobody wants to hear what I have to say. And yet now I've written uh, several books. And there's a deep satisfaction that I get when I follow that inner inspiration. So don't discount your life as trivial or or not that important. That that's just baloney talk. It's we're all here for a very specific purpose and every single one of us has equal value. So enough of that. Hey, you showed up for yourself tonight. You've listened to this episode and and I really honor you for that, for showing up for yourself. I'm your host, Les Jensen. It's been my pleasure. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast. 
You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals Home Study Course at NewHumanLiving.com. Thanks for listening.